For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gerald Green to inbound. Harden trying to get free. Down to three, down to two. It's a three. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Joaquin Hawkins, CD. What's going on, man? Once again, Hawk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. The last yeah. time you and I was on the mic, once again, things took another turn. Russell Westbrook has been traded to the Washington Wizards in exchange for John Wall in a first round, a protected first round draft pick. And before I get into anything, you know, just give you a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about. The main thing that I really want to break down here on this show, and Hawk, I'm pretty sure you can attest to this, is, you know, how hard and difficult it is for an athlete to overcome a major injury. Because John Wall has not played basketball in, you know, nearly two years. You know, he had some kind of foot fracture or something like that. It was actually a heel fracture. And, you know, then in the middle of that, he he tears his Achilles, you know, so... This is a guy who hasn't played basketball in two years. And of course, later on, we're going to talk about what does this mean for the Houston Rockets? What does what does this mean for James Harden moving forward? But Hawk, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts about this trade? John Wall, Russell Westbrook. Whoo, boy, this soap opera is getting better and better every week, man. I'm, um, I'm, 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 I'm waiting on pins and needles trying to see what's going to happen next. But, um, you know, overall... <laughs> I gotta say, I just don't see it being the best thing for the Rockets. Um, always been a John Wall fan. Not hating on him at all, man. I mean, the dude can flat out play. Um, but the 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 way he plays, I I just don't see how it's gonna be um, a fit for how J- James Harden plays. Um, I know they have to change their offensive sets. And all of that, they got a new coach. I mean, all that is understandable, but um, I just think that it's, for me, it's not a difference. I mean, he attacks the rim just like Russ did. Um, he's not a great shooter, but I heard he has been working on, on, his, on his three ball um, over the last you know year or two since he's been hurt. Um, but I just don't see how it's going to help and make and put Houston over the top so that they can um, advanced and, and get to that that championship game that they they've been fighting fighting for since Harden's been there. Um, for the for the Washington Wizards, I think it's more of a benefit for them. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm a Scotty Brooks fan. He's the actually he is the reason why I will play with the Rockets. He's the one that made mm. the call along with Earl Curitan. He's the one that I played with before in the ABA before I made the the Rockets and, and pre- prepared me so. 
uh, Russ is going back to, you know, basically someone that knows his game. So I, I think it's going to definitely be a benefit for, for Washington, but for, for the Rockets, I don't, I don't know, CD, man. This is, this is something that's going to have to be um, for your eyes only to see if, if it's going to work or not. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I just, I just can't say it's a better fit now that Russ is not there. Like you, Love John Wall, always did love his game, but of course I'm basing it off of what he was prior to all these injuries. The most conflicting part about it is the fact that the Houston Rockets for the third time since James Harden has been here, fourth time if you want to take it as far as to Dwight Howard, that they have tried to pair him with an all-star player. And of course this is the third time that we have seen them Pair James Harden with another all-star guard. And according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, this trade came because this is something apparently that James Harden wanted. Mm. And you mentioned the similarities between him and Russell Westbrook. And I'm talking about both of them are nearly the same player. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. Westbrook has always been viewed as the better player to a certain extent, of course, but you know, John Wall, you could actually make a make a case that John Wall might have been a better point guard than Russell Westbrook at one point in his career because John was more of a pass first point guard, whereas to Russell Westbrook, he was always about I'm getting mines first. Mm. So, but once again, we're looking at John Wall prior to these injuries. The one thing I will say about this John Wall and James Harden pairing, you know, when Chris Paul got here, I was like, it's not going to work, you know, and I was kind of proven wrong. <laughs> when Russell Westbrook got here, I was like, I think it's going to work. <laughs> Once again, I was proved proven wrong <laughs> for the third consecutive, you know, what seems like the third consecutive year. I honestly don't know because when I take a look at, you know, the Rockets trying to pair James Harden with another guard, I get it because Everyone knows, and I'm pretty sure you saw the video as well. I don't know if it was this year's All-Star Game or, or All-Star Game of 2019. There was a clip that surfaced, and it was just Steph Curry and, and James Harden. They, they were just talking about, you know, how their season was going and, you know, the play styles that, you know, the Rockets had versus the play styles that the Golden State Warriors had. I'm pretty sure it was 2019 because Steph didn't play this past year. Um, and in, in his conversation with with Steph Curry Harden talked about how he always loved how Golden State play the ball movement always getting everybody involved and and James Harden knows <laughs> ever since he's gotten to Houston especially since 2017 when Mike D'Antoni has taken over the offense has always been give the ball to James Harden and everybody get the hell out the way everyone knows that Harden's actually want to play off the ball but at the same time, you still got to take into consideration that, you know, James Harden still wants to get his as well. And when you take a look at Chris Paul and you take a look at the parent of Russell Westbrook, I kind of feel like James Harden never really got the opportunity to truly play off the ball. Because on one hand, you're looking at it from a situation with Chris Paul. It worked to the best that it could because. I, I don't think that James Harden actually had an opportunity to learn and get used to playing off the ball because Chris Paul was always hurt here in Houston. You know, in each of the two years that he was here, he only played 58 games. So 
I'm looking at it from a standpoint, how can you criticize James Harden for not changing his game when he never even had the opportunity to with Chris Paul? Let's say this was the week of 2018. Let's say it's Sunday. The Houston Rockets are playing against, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Paul is there. He's there. He's playing. <laughs> By that Wednesday with him, when, when the Rockets take on the Miami Heat, he gets hurt in the middle of the game. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's out for two weeks. Now we go back to give James Harden the ball. Everybody get the hell out the way. So with Chris Paul, it's, it's like he wanted to play off the ball, but at the end of the day, you really couldn't change James Harden with Paul because Chris Paul was always hurt. So then yeah. you bring in Russell Westbrook. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Westbrook isn't your pass first point guard like a Chris Paul because everyone knows Unless Russell Westbrook is on the verge of a triple-double, nine times out of ten, he's not going to be looking to pass the ball first. Westbrook is all about, and that's no disrespect to Westbrook. You know, I've always been a huge Russell Westbrook fan. He's always been one of my favorite players in this era of, of, of the NBA. But Russell Westbrook has always been about getting his first. Whether that's for the good or the bad of the team, he's going to get his first. And I'm pretty sure that Harden was pretty tempted to say, okay, if I change my way of playing for Russell Westbrook and I start playing off the ball, am I going to get the ball back? (laughs) Because we seen there were a couple of times in OKC when he was still pairing with Kevin Durant. (laughs) There was at least a couple of times the Thunder would go down the court and Kevin Durant would not touch the ball for at least two to three possessions. So I'm pretty sure that play in the mind of James Harden as well. And then it goes back to Mike D'Antoni doing the best that he could of playing the, you know, your turn, my turn approach. And I knew that was going to be a fail from the beginning. So you, you have one case where James Harden couldn't change his game because the guy that he was going to change his game for in Chris Paul was always hurt. Then you look at it on another aspect of it, you know, James Harden might he, he might not have want to change his game with Russell Westbrook because you nine times out of 10 wasn't going to get the ball back or get the ball when you wanted to. So now you bring in John Wall, who is basically a mixture of both Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. I think that this can work because John has always been more so of a pass first point guard. Like to me, I always did like John Wall because he was a mixture of the old school point guards and the new school point guards. He's going to make sure that he sets up his his teammates, but he could still light you up for a good 30 to 40 points on any given occasion. But the number one question with John Wall is his health. And we're not just talking about, you know, a hamstring injury that can take you out for two weeks like what we saw with Chris Paul. You're dealing with an Achilles tear. And I know we're going to get into that in the next segment, but that is what it's the most concerning about this John Wall, James Harden pairing. Because I do believe that this might be the first time that James Harden might be willing to say, okay, I feel comfortable playing off the ball because I have a guy that is going to make sure that he feeds me the rock to make the game a hell of a lot easier for me. Something that Steven Silas keeps saying that he wants to do with James Harden in his system. But what version of John Wall will, will the Houston Rockets be getting? Part of things that I, I want to see early on is um, 
just seeing James actually adapt to not not saying changing his style, but just doing something a little bit different or adding something, I should say, to his game. And if it if it starts with maybe even starting off the game, let 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 John bring the ball up. Let him you know initiate the offense. And as you said, play in that in that two guard that true two guard position where he's getting set up for shots. He's getting set up uh, to create uh, for himself and for, and for his teammates. Um, I would love to see that. Um, and he may not even have a choice because again, at the end of the day, um, you know, he wants to make sure that his team remains competitive. And if, if Salas is putting the ball in John's hand, um, I, I know um, Harden is just not, not like not going to play. I mean, he's going to do what's needed for his team to, to have a chance to win. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, he, right now he doesn't have a choice. I mean, he's not going to get traded, even though they're still probably going to be talking about some trade talks. He got two more years in his contract. And uh, I, I would definitely want to see him just make a, an adjustment to his game. Um, but, you know, how, how can you tell a player that's been averaging 30 for the last what <laughs> eight years <laughs> how can you tell him you know you can't bring the ball up or you know what this time down you know let's see or the next few times down let, let's try to set things up for for our big guy I, I'm, I'm actually even more interested to see how Demarcus is going to fit in with all of this um, I think that was a good piece for the Rockets to, to at least remain competitive um, same thing with him I mean he's coming off an injury so you got two guys wall Cousins coming off an injury, you got Harden, you know, he's having a certain feel of, of is, is this the right situation for me? So it, it's just all over the place, you know, unfortunately for the Rockets, but they're going to have to get, the, get it together fast because, you know, training camp is starting soon and they're going to start playing sooner than later. And, and we all going to be able to see um, if this is a, a do or dice season for the Rockets. Yeah. And another thing I, I do want to mention really quick before moving on um, you know, even though that this is the Rockets' third time pairing James Harden with another um, high-volume guard, this is actually the first time we're going to see it in a new system with a new regime because there's a lot different about this Houston Rockets team. Now, we don't know if that's going to be for the good or for the bad. I mean, like you say, we're going to figure out in the next couple of weeks. Matter of fact, we're going to start getting, you know, a taste of it, you know, a little preview of it Friday when I think it's their first preseason game against the Chicago Bulls. But the the one flaw that I've all that I never did like about Mike D'Antoni's system, you know, it didn't matter who was on his team, he will always just live and die with his best player having the ball in their hand ninety percent of the time. You know, we saw it in Phoenix, which in Phoenix it made sense because he asked Steve Nash, but here in Houston, you know, yes, James Harden has always been the primary ball handler on this team you know when you when you take a look at the first couple of years when it was him and Kevin McHale then you had that one weird crazy year when it was him and JB Bickerstaff which that was of course on interim interim coach basis but then you know you take a look at the last four years it was Mike D'Antoni and that is what Mike D'Antoni is you know that that is basically his system you know you give the ball to your best guard and you just let them do basically anything and everything that they want on the court. Now, this is going to be the first time that we're going to see James Harden get accustomed to a new system with a guard that that is basically what he has been searching for over the last four seasons, you know? And 
like I like I like I mentioned before, Stephen Silas says he wants to make the game easier for James Harden. James Harden has said it before. You know, he wants to experience playing off the ball similar to his days in OKC. He wants to be able to share the rock with somebody. Now he has that opportunity. But once again, it all depends on the health of John Wall. Now, of course, the other guy that we that that's involved in this trade in Russell Westbrook. We're not going to spend too much time on this because this is believe in the Rockets. This is not believe in the Wizards. You know, I enjoyed Russell Westbrook's season last year in Houston. You know, you ask a lot of Rockets reporters. You ask a lot of Rockets fans. You know, you're basically going to get a split decision. Some of them liked it. Some of them, you know, hated it. This always felt like a pip stop for Russell Westbrook. But what I do want to say is this. I don't think that this is a good look. This is a good move for Russell Westbrook. I could be wrong, but I honestly do not know or do not see how Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are going to be able to play with each other. And I say that because when you take a look at Russell Westbrook's career, you know, of course, the what, 70% of his career is playing with Kevin Durant. And you're looking at a guy you know, you were playing with one of the best scorers of all time. But everyone knew that Russell Westbrook was trying his hardest to be that number one guy at OKC with Kevin Durant. And the only time which he looks the happiest <laughs> and the only time that you can possibly say we saw the best version of Russell Westbrook was that year that he won MVP in 2017, the year after Kevin Durant is gone. And what What's fascinating to me about this whole Russell Westbrook situation is, you know, you take a look at James Harden and you've seen what he has been able to do, you know, since he got here in Houston. You know, you see the you see the reports. Both of these guys want out of Houston. One guy in James Harden wants out to join a quote unquote super team. You can tell that he has shown the sign of I've done everything that I can do individually I want to win as for Westbrook his primary reason of wanting out he wanted to go back of being the solo star he he wanted to go back of being the Michael Jackson of a team Mm -hmm. now you're looking at a situation where he's going he's not Michael Jackson in Washington He's going to once again, another person's team. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the situation. I'm like, this is, this is going to be Russell Westbrook fourth time getting paired with another all-star. You know, the first time it was Kevin Durant. He wanted to be the man. He got a taste of, you know, what it's like being a man. He decides he needs help. You bring in Paul George. The, The Paul George and Russell Westbrook pairing, to me, it always felt like Westbrook was trying to prove that he can play with another star. So you bring in Paul George and the second year there was together, that was basically Russell Westbrook saying, you know, taking the Steph Curry and Dwayne Wade route of saying, you know what, in order for us to get to that next level where we want to go, I'm going to take a step back. Paul George, here go the keys to the office. Paul George, here's the keys to the franchise, you know, lead us the way when everyone knows it, it didn't matter what, Paul George did in OKC that was always still going to be Russell Westbrook's team. That was a complete failure. Now he comes to Houston and not only are you joining another team, uh, uh, not only was he joining another player's team, he was 
coming into another player city because outside of maybe J.J. Watt, James Harden has been the most important athlete in the city of Houston ever since he got here in 2012. And once again, yes, we saw you guys play together real good together, by the way, in Oklahoma City. But that was before the MVPs, the scoring titles, the, you know, the, the 30, the, the, the 30s, the 40, the 50, the 60 point performances that James Harden has given this organization for eight years in the Houston Rockets jersey. Nah, you you dealing with a whole nother type of different monster than what you had in Oklahoma City. You didn't want to take a step back for Russell Westbrook. You didn't want to take a step back for James for James Harden. Uh, you know, and I also want to say you're talking about two guys, if they were to retire today or tomorrow and never play another game of NBA basketball, you got one guy in Kevin Durant, who is possibly arguably right now a top 20 player of all time. Um, and then you got another guy in James Harden. You know, he's top 30, let's say number 27, 26 player of all time. And if he brings this city a championship, you're talking about he can arguably go up to top 20. But if you didn't want to do it for Kevin Durant, if you didn't want to do it for James Harden, then the one time that you so-called took a step back for a player in Paul George, which I think Paul George needs to take take a step back for for a, a player on his own team, what makes you think that he's going to do it for Bradley Beal? Because Bradley Beal is good, but he isn't Kevin Durant, nor is he James Harden. Well, both of those players, uh, Russ and Harden, of course, have evolved since the OKC days. Um, and it's, it's really good to see uh, how much more dominant, how much more obviously confident they are. Uh, I mean, they're, they're all stars. I mean, what, what, what can you say? Um, they have really uh, worked themselves up to be the, the players that they are today. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel the same, that I don't think that this is a, was a, a good landing spot for Russ to be long-term. I enjoyed watching them in the Rocket uniform. I think it was exciting, made the, the games very uh, interesting to watch. I mean, obviously they, they won games uh, playing the small ball. So I, I think that worked for the time, for the time being. But, you know, to actually win a championship, you got to look at what are, what is the formula to, to, to win a championship? And, you know, obviously it does start with the coaching. So I, I think they did have, um, the the right coaching to to get to the championship, but you also got to have the right players, and, and you got your stars, but you got to also have those as as we always say the the others. They have to be able to um, fulfill their role, uh, but the superstars got to be superstars, and and not just sometimes. And the unfortunate thing with Russ being hurt, um, it didn't help the, the Rockets' chances. The departure of, of Russ, you know, it's unfortunate because again, I, I really love seeing him playing in a Rocket uniform. But I still don't know if they have the formula uh, for this season to, to, to get to that championship. Everyone else is getting better. Obviously, the Lakers is making moves. Um, the Bucks are making moves. But what, what has the Rockets done to increase their chances? And I, I just think that it's kind of swapping players. Uh, Wall for Westbrook. I think it's, they're in the in exact same situation, except that they, they have a different coach. Um, they have a big in DeMarcus Cousins. And, you know, now they have to regain some, some, some new chemistry uh, to, to find out what are they going to be known for. And it is, as you said, the season's about to start. And so uh, we're all going to be watching. I can say that. We're all going to be watching.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. The number one question surrounding John Wall, of course, is his health. Um, This is a guy who has missed nearly two years of NBA basketball. Yes, he looks good in these so-called mixtape pickup basketball, but you cannot go off of that, you know pick up basketball in a gym in Los Angeles, Washington, wherever he might be with James Harden or whoever the other players might be. It looks good. He looked good in the video, but there's only so much you can take away from that. Mm-hmm. Now he's returning to the game and, you know, he had this, this heel injury and then he tore his Achilles and you're talking about, the possibly the worst injury in the game of basketball. You know, there has been so many players who have suffered this injury and they have never came back. Um, of course, the two players who that comes to mind when you talk about in an Achilles tear is Isaiah Thomas and, of course, Kobe Bryant. Um, as we all know, when Kobe tore his Achilles, he was playing arguably some of the best basketball of his career. <laughs> he had that stretch where he was playing like 47 out of the 48 minutes, averaging close to 40 points. Uh, I think he was like 36 at the time, if I'm not mistaken, you know, looked really, really good. And we all know he tore his Achilles. And I think his Achilles tear robbed us of Brian, he was in line to break a couple more records, you know, and it robbed us for at least one more season of the Black Mamba. After he tore his Achilles, he wasn't Black Mamba no more. He was he wasn't Jelly Bean Brian no more. He wasn't Froby no more. He he was just Kobe, Kobe Bryant that is. <laughs> um, and then you know you look at Isaiah Thomas, um, the 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 legend Isaiah Thomas from the Detroit Pistons. You know he tore his Achilles in '94, and that was it. He didn't even try to come back. He retired. The only player that I believe actually came back from an Achilles tear was Dominique Wilkins. And once again, there's only so much you can take from him coming back because, yes, he regained his all-star form, but it was towards the tail end of his career. You know, then there's other guys like really Gay, uh, Wesley Matthews. Those guys also tore the Achilles, and they came back pretty good as well, but they were never a franchise player. They were never a team's number one option. They never had the weight of a franchise on their shoulder. John Wall is in the same situation that a Isaiah Thomas, Kobe Bryant, Dominique Wilkins were, you know, an all-star caliber player with the weight of the franchise on their shoulder, trying to lead them to a championship or the playoffs or whatever the case might be. Um, So much of John's walls game was based off his athleticism, his speed, you know, his ability to jump out the, the gym on any night uh, on every occasion. How, before we get into, you know, what are we expecting from John Wall? You know, as a former athlete, I'm pretty sure you have experienced, you know, some catastrophic injuries, you know, yourself. How hard is it from a, from a professional athlete standpoint, how hard is it for a player to, you know, go through an injury that is so severe, like what John Wall is facing? Uh, Just starting off with any injury, uh, it's always going to be a different mindset that you have to have coming back. Um, And for me, um, I had a stroke. I mean, it, it, 
it altered my my way of thinking, uh, the right side of my body. Um, and I'm a lefty, so you know everything that I did, I, I use my my right side to you know to plan off off when I'm you know jumping and, and running. Um, and so it, it it changed my way of thinking because I knew that there was that it was things were off, things were not will be the same. And so you know it was nine to ten months before. I came back and um, you know I, I tried it for about a year after that, and I just realized it, it would never be the same. So it's just the the mental part of knowing that your body has 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 basically have to reform itself, and that confidence that you once had, um, it's it's altered now. And with the Achilles injury, I mean, as you said, man, there's not too many players that we can say or use an ex- as an example that has really come back to to prove that. They've been, you know, at the top of their game or better with a Achilles injury. It's unfortunate that this is something that would always be different. I mean, you're jumping, you're, you're running. Um, it's just different because you're always going to be thinking about that. No matter how much you have strengthened that muscle or, but it just seems like for, for wall, you know, trying to get back to his form, you know, he's going to try everything he has to, he's in a new environment. You got the Rockets, they're expecting a lot. You got, uh, you know, your former um, team you're trying to prove something to. You got your new team and James Harden that you want to prove that you belong. So he's going to have a lot of things that he's already going to be thinking about. But the one thing that's always going to be on his mind is, am I going to get hurt again? And it's so tough as an athlete to to block that out. And only professionals can do that. Uh, but he doesn't. he's not going to want to stop uh, his his explosive play and, and all the things that we all know that that John is um, is known for. And these last two seasons, I'm sure he's been working on his jump shot. I'm sure he's been working on other parts of his game. Um, so again, it's going to be interesting to see how he um, regains that confidence. But um, man, it's just one injury that you just you wouldn't wish on anyone. But it's also the probably the one injury that you just, you'd never know because at any given moment, um, you can tear it again. And, um, you know, I know he's going to be playing his butt off to, to prove that, uh, that the Rockets made a good decision by getting him. Yeah. You know, and in your statement, you said something that really caught my attention and I do want to talk about this a little bit. You know, you, you said, you know, in the back of his mind, it's going to be, you know, am I going to get hurt again? Um, this Achilles injury is very fascinating to me because it seems like everyone who suffers an Achilles tear the following year, they suffer another devastating lower leg injury. It seems like it's always happening. You know, you take a look at when Kobe Bryant told his Achilles, you know, he came back six games after he returned to the court, he hurt his knee. Same thing with DeMarcus Cousins, another guy on the Rockets who's trying to come back from from an Achilles tear. Um, You know, we saw last year he was in Los Angeles working out, looked really good, made one wrong step. He told his um, I believe it was an ACL. So it, it always seems like another major injury is going to follow and knock on wood. I, I don't want to see that happen to John Wall, but. You know, I mentioned so much of his game was on pure athleticism. 
and you said that you're pretty sure that this is a guy who actually took the time to work on his jump shots jump shot now what are you expecting from John Wall you know whether James Harden gets traded today or tomorrow regardless of what happens the Houston Rockets are stuck with John Wall for the next three seasons what are you expecting from Wall when he returns not just this year but in the next two to three seasons as well well, for one, I, I think he's going to be the player that he was before as far as what he would, what he thought that he needed to do for the team, attacking mm-hmm. the basket, getting to the rim, creating for himself, but still be able to create for his teammates. But I think those are just something something natural. That's that what makes that's what makes him who he is. So I don't think that's going to change. Um, but I do see him trying to adapt to whatever system they're going to have and, and prove for one that He's just not that type of player. Um, I know in the past, I don't know his three-point percentage uh, right now, but I, I would assume that he will become, um, you know, a more of a spot-up three-point shooter. Um, but I, I think his game is always going to evolve around his athleticism. And, and, you know, the fact that he won't know until he's in these games, you know, 10, 20 games in, if he has that same explosiveness, um, so I, I can just see a, um, a combination of both of, of him, you know, being a John Wall, we all know, attacking the basket, trying to create for himself, uh, but also maybe trying to make the game a little bit easier for him and, and be more of a spot up shooter. Um, I would like to see him because I always thought he was a, a really good defender just because of his, his quickness. So I, I would like to see him, you know, create some of his offense just off his defense, you know, get into those passing lanes, um, get some deflections, you know, um, get out where, you know, you can use your athleticism uh, where you just got one or two men back and you, you're creating for yourself. But uh, the half court offense, um, I think that's, that's where it's going to be the most intriguing part of this game to see as he involved, has he evolved in that way? Because if you got, you know, again, playing five on five half court and you're, you're trying to set some screens at, at what it's going to be sometimes where you're just going to have to stop, and, and pull up that with that 15, 17 foot jump shot. You got to have that mid range game. And that's, that's one thing that the NBA um, hasn't had as, as of recent uh, years, but it's something that is needed. And, um, you know, professionals, they perform. And I think this is be a, a, a good time for him to, to prove that he's been working on his game. And, and now he can not only attack the basket, but he can shoot that J when he needs to. Hmm. Um, I want to say, my way of thinking, and I think this might be best case scenario for John Wall. Um, one, <laughs> you're talking about a player who played very, very fast. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, he's going to, you know, slow down a bit. But I think, and, and this goes back to what I was talking about in the first segment. I think that we're going to see John Wall become more of a facilitator. And he was already one of the best playmakers in the game prior to his injury. But, you know, with him being in Washington, with him being, you know, the Wizards' number one scoring option a lot of a lot of times. And, but, and it seems like him and Bradley Beal, from what I saw, of course, I didn't watch them as much, you know, one being, yeah. being here in Houston. Um, you know, I didn't watch them as much. But when I did, it seems like both of them took turns being the number one yeah. scoring option, and it worked. But I think when him coming to Houston um, – and especially, you know, the fact that he's going to be playing alongside James Harden. But even outside of Harden, he has so many options that he can use. You know, you have Eric Gordon. You have Daniel House. You have Christian Woods. You have DeMarcus Cousins. You have Gerald Green. 
John Wall has so many options where he can facilitate and distribute to basketball to the point I would not be surprised to see John Wall average over 10 assists over these next two to three seasons. Of course, if he can stay healthy, because unlike Washington, he only had one scoring option that he can trust. He has multiple and it didn't matter what was going on with the Houston Rockets. There's one thing you can possibly always depend on them to do is score the basketball. You know, whether that was with Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook, like I mentioned, you have so many scoring threats on this team to the point John Wall does not have to worry about scoring 20 to 25, 30 points a night to give his team the victory. I'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot of great nights of this man having having about a good 12 to 15 assists. Now, of course, the majority of that goes into how much is James Harden willing to play off the ball, but if John Wall can stay healthy and if he gains the trust of James Harden for him to say, you know what? I don't have to worry about dribbling the ball 30 times to create, not just for myself, but also for my teammates. I'm comfortable playing off the ball. I think that is best case scenario for not just John Wall, but also the Houston Rockets as well. And I think that is possibly going to be enough to get this team over that hump that they have basically been at for over the last two to three seasons now. Like I say, I I, I don't really know what to expect because we're talking about in his, an Achilles tear. But the fact that I think we're going to see a better version of him in Houston versus of what he would have been returning with the Washington Wizards. Because if he would have, you know, returned with the Wizards, he would still have the sense of that pressure of, okay, I got to be the John Wall I was before the injury. Now coming to Houston, a lot of people like me, you know, we really don't know what to expect from you. As a matter of fact, we have other guys on this team we are more invested in, like a Eric Gordon, like a Daniel House, like a James Harden, you know? So it's like he, he doesn't have that pressure, and I think that's going to help him in the long run. But my only fear is, will he get injured again? And, Hulk, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know what's going on with basketball training these days, but – in the last couple of years, we're starting to see an Achilles tear more and more often than what it was before. You know, an Achilles tear, it seemed like it always happened to players who, you know, had just miles and miles and miles on their bodies. Now, you know, it's happening way too often now. All right. Let me tell you this, man. I, I really personally think that there are more injuries, not just for uh, what Achilles tears, uh, just in general. There's too many games in the NBA. I mean, you you haven't. But remember it was having, always eighty two, though. I mean, this year is going to be seventy two. But I, I don't know if I agree with that because it, it it's always been eighty two games plus playoffs. That's if your team make it to playoffs. I'm wondering, is it because we're seeing more and more injuries, especially to younger guys? Is it because they're playing basketball year round, especially when you consider yeah. the fact, like a player like John Wall, who grew up in the AAU era. Well, this day and age, players are obviously, and no, no disrespect to the, the players in, in, in the 60s and 70s and, and 80s, uh, but I think players this in this day and age, they're a lot more athletic, I mean, across the board. I mean, again, you got seven-footers. Look, I mean, again, KD, perfect example. Seven feet shooting threes, uh, bringing the ball up, you know, dunking from the free throw line. So I just think players in this day and age, they're way more athletic than they were uh, back in the day. And, you know, if you're more athletic, 
and you're using your athleticism uh, to have some success, it, you're going to be prone to possibly get more, in, you know, injured more because you're putting more effort into uh, competing. So I think just a combination of, of so many games, um, you know, again, being athletic and, and, and you, uh, I wasn't a big fan of Kawhi Leonard when he was taking those uh, days off and, and some games wouldn't play, but I knew the reason why. I knew the reason why, because you put so much into a game, uh, playing six games in 10 days, that's a lot on your body. And even if you are 25, 26, um, you know, it's only so much your muscles can take. And if you don't have any recovery time, you know, playing 82 times in, in, in a year, you're going to be susceptible to have a, a injury or two that is going to force you to take more time off. So I just think, again, a combination of too many games back to back or not having the games where they're separated. It's, it's too many games and within a 10 day period where, you know, your muscles are just I mean, they're 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 aching, they're burning and, and injuries are going to happen, uh, I think, because of that. What about when you were playing, especially in the NBA, um, when you were here with the Houston Rockets? Did you think 82 games were too much? And, you know, if you can share, you know, yeah. what was it like behind the scenes? Like when you when you were playing with Steve Francis, Contino Mobley, uh, Mucci Norris, when you were playing with those guys, did you hear them ever, you know, talk about or wishing that the NBA was shorter, had a mm -hmm. shortened, shortened season? Um, did you hear them say that they – you know, was still hurting from the night before two nights prior. I'm not going to say they were complaining, but I definitely heard them complain that they were hurt. Um, and uh, again, you get a Steve Francis and Coutinho, they're playing almost the entire game. Um, and think about it. You got back-to-back -back nights. Sometimes again, you're playing four games in say, just to say seven days. That's a lot for a person that's, you know, just say 30, 30 years old or, or 26 years old, um, where you have to, there is no excuse of why you can't perform like you did last night or why you can't perform better than you did last night. And you got to do that again, 80 times, 82 times. Um, for me, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I was happy to have 82 games. <laughs> I was a rookie, my first <laughs> time in the NBA. I wasn't complaining at all. And um, it got to the point where like, um, I was surprised by, for one, I started my, my first 10 games in the NBA. I was a starter. I started for the Rockets my first 10 games. So I was you know, obviously elated. I was ecstatic. And um, I, I really, you know, embraced the opportunity finally being in the NBA. Uh, Coutinho was hurt during those times. So that was part of the reason why I was starting. But, you know, for, for me, uh, playing 82 games, uh, I, I truly enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately, as a as a rookie, I didn't play every single game. I didn't play all 82. Um, I did suit up every every game for that season. Um, but it was a, a stretch where, again, I started the first 10 games, uh, came off the bench like another, you know, maybe 30 games. And there was another like maybe 10 or 15 games I didn't play at all. So I, I had the combination of, of, of playing a lot, not playing as much, and not playing at all. But again, as far as me, my personal feeling of 82 games, I mean, it was nothing, but guys like Steve Francis, Mucci Norris, um, uh, Glenn Rice, Maurice Taylor, those guys are, you know, they were vets. They had um, experience of, of playing that many games and, and they get hurt. They get tired. And sometimes they, they got to rest, you know, more than, than some of the, some of us that, that didn't play 
as much. So I can respect that when players do need to take a day or two off. Um, but for those players that are mentally and, and just really dedicated to the game, like LeBron, I mean, they're not going to take games off uh, to get rest. But And when you don't do that, it is. You, you increases the chances of, of you getting injured. And that just that's just part of the game. Everyone is different. Everyone's different. Before getting out of here, of course, you know, we spent majority of this time talking about John Wall, Russell Westbrook, talking about, you know, players coming back from, um, you know, devastating injuries, Hawk, in your case, a sickness. And, you know, Hawk, how much you, you talked about it a little bit, but when you was recovering from your stroke and you was, um, you know, trying to get your career back, mm-hmm. how scary was it for you? You know, because you mentioned when we were talking about John Wall, you say in the back of your mind, in the back of his mind, you know, it's going to be, you know, am I going to get hurt again? But did you ever have the sense of am I going to get sick again? Absolutely, man. I mean, having a sickness and injury, they go hand in hand. I mean, because you're not the same. And once you have that injury, once you have that sickness, uh, you know, obviously the, the chances of it happening again is maybe just as great because now you know, you, you, your immune system is not where it was or that muscle or that 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 tendon is not what it was. So it's a good chance that, um, you know, it, it can happen again. And uh, especially when I have my stroke, you know, obviously that it changed where I have bleeding in my brain. I mean, it, it's what can that's like the worst of the worst to having breeding uh, bleeding in your brain where a lot of your functioning um, starts of, of how you operate, how you walk, how you talk. Um, and so every day, and I still remember like, you know, like it was yesterday, every day that I would wake up for that first year, I was thinking, I'm going to, am I going to have another stroke? Um, and, you know, I, I sprang my ankle before in college and, uh, played hurt, uh, came back too soon, uh, ended up hurting the other ankle. And so it, it's, it's just, it's a lot of luck. <laughs> it's a lot of, um, you know, praying that, you know, that your, your body can sustain uh, whatever it's about to go through. But there is no guarantee, especially as an athlete, there is no guarantee that you're going to be healthy the entire year. And, you know, what, what Wall is going to really have to focus on, and, and I think he's going to do it because he's, he's an athlete, um, is just doing the things that makes him comfortable and not trying to over exaggerate and do something you're not comfortable with because that's that's when you do get yourself in trouble that's when you get your body um, not operating like you want it to because you're trying to do too much um, that's hard to say he, he's, a, he's a professional athlete playing in the NBA so he's going to have to be able to balance that he's going to have to be able to uh, dictate uh, how he's going to explode uh, why he's going to explode explode um, when he's, he's making a move to the basket. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be something that I feel that he can't get away from that thought of, can this happen again? Um, am I going to hurt my other Achilles? Because one time, one thing you do, what does happen when you do have a, any type of injury, especially with, with knees or ankles, you put so much emphasis on your other leg because you're, 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 you're purposely trying to make sure you don't hurt that um, that injury again. And so now you're, you're trying to overly compensate, uh, because, you know, you mentally, you're just thinking that, okay, I got to protect this side, but now you're putting so much emphasis on the other side that, you know, I, I, another injury can occur. Um, 
it's tricky. It, it, it's tricky being an athlete. It's, it's unfortunate when you have injuries like that. Um, but again, I, I think he's a pro. He's always been a pro. And, you know, having a team um, that he has that he's going to be play, a part of, I think that, the, like you said a little bit earlier, the difference from the Wizards and the Rockets is that he actually has some help. He has Harden. I mean, he has Cousins. He has all the other players, Gerald uh, Green. He has other athletes that can help um, in those areas where he doesn't have to do everything. So that's going to be a big help just for him and his health um, and just his mentality, knowing that he doesn't have to do it all. And uh, and that's really what he probably, again, it was a blessing in disguise for him coming back from an injury like that and, and going to a team like this because he's not going to be in the same situation uh, that he was um, and, and with the, with the Wassert, um, Washington Wizards. That concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets, only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. You also can follow me, Joaquin Hawkins, on Facebook. Uh, Joaquin Hawkins, J-U-A-Q-U-I-N. Last name is Hawkins, uh, which is have my uh, youth basketball program, Hawk Hoops. Um, and you also can follow me on IG at Coach Hawk247. Uh, I would like to say, I would like to dedicate uh, this podcast to my uncle Charles. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away a couple of days ago. And, um, you know, just really good. First time that I've actually been out talking to, um, you know, just out out and, out and about and talking to UCD. So, man, it was uh, definitely always a pleasure to, to speak with you. And uh, But I would like to dedicate this, this show to my uncle. Sounds good. Sorry to hear that, man. No problem, man. No problem. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 